and that's was the one never with Lady seen Gaga, again. right? That's the Lady Gaga. Um, oh, I don't know. Season, I've never right? watched Which it really. I think I watched like the first two episodes of that particular season and I was like, nah. Yeah. No, Lady so, Gaga. So yeah, it's it's <laughs> always been, it's been still, no, and it's Lady still Gaga. to this day. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing, and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou shalt kill all of your fans and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to bubble pages and pretend like you will. A dog. Wow. Okay. Same Patrick Day and I'm gonna wear the green and nobody is drinking. Hello everyone and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Oh, hey. So apparently we're covering Alyssa Lamb tonight. Is Now, is it Alyssa or Elisa? I think it's Elisa. Okay. And is right? it Cecil or Cecil? Cecil. Yeah. Okay. Cecil. But technically, if you're gonna go the British way, because like that's the way you should go, it should be Cecil. <laughs> We're covering Alyssa Lamb. Elisa. We are covering. I don't know. Is it Alyssa? Now I'm. Now I'm questioning. I hear every single person says it a different way. Alyssa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. Shit. I guess we'll just use it interchangeably. Just, yeah. You know who she is. We're Lisa. covering her. This is Carly's case. It's all yours, Carly. Well, technically, you're starting it. Tell us about Alisa. Who is Alyssa Alisa Lamb? Okay, let's get into the background, shall we? Okay, guys, for just for a second, can we just get serious here for a second? Okay. Get into the background of Alyssa slash Alisa Lamb. Um, Her Cantonese name was Lam Ho Yi. She was born April 30th of 1991. She's the daughter of David. And here's another weird thing. Uh, her mom, so she's the daughter of David and Yina or Yima Lamb. I've seen both. Okay. Her sister's name was Sarah, and she's reportedly very close to her sister. They had emigrated to Canada, and they lived in Vancouver. Their family owned a restaurant in Burnaby, British Columbia. So, like, she was extremely creative from a young age. She loved fashion. She loved all things art. She was a very creative person. Just like most millennials, she loved social media, especially Tumblr, which I'm sure Carly will get into. Um, And so for our younger listeners, Tumblr is basically like the predecessor to Pinterest, right? So she was very, very into all that because she could talk about her art interests and, you know, she just very creative person. She was diagnosed bipolar in her adolescence. And so she was on Wellbutrin, Lamictil, Seroquel, and Effexor. I also read that she was on Adderall for ADHD, but that was not found in her system in the autopsy. So I, she may have been prescribed that, but we don't really know if she was actively taking that. Um, At the time that our story takes place, she was a student at both University Hill Secondary and University of British Columbia. I couldn't find what her major was. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out too and I couldn't get a straight answer. And I don't know if that's like, I don't know, different. Our Canadian listeners maybe can tell us that you're, it's a different 
you don't use a major or you pick your concentration later. I have no idea, but I'm not really quite sure what she was studying. And she told her parents, you know, before I get a job, I want to see the world. And so she did. And she embarked on a solo trip to California, which her family was not cool with, by the way. Um, you know, initially they were like, not happening. Um, but she persisted and she really convinced them that she would be fine to go and travel by herself. And they set up some ground rules, you know, about taking your meds and calling us every day and doing all these things. So they did, they did eventually let her go. Right. So she went and she called it the West coast tour, which is like, West coast tour. Um, so it's like, she was like right from her studies. She traveled via bus and Amtrak train, um, and stayed at like hostels and that kind of thing. Once she was in California, her first stop was San Diego. She visited the San Diego Zoo and she posted pictures to social media, like we said. It's um, so cool, Benny's. Have you ever been? No. Oh my God. Just, just, yeah. They have all the webcams too online. So you can watch that it in I've all seen. the pens. Yes. Declan and I awesome. have watched like the penguin. I love that shit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> love that shit. So January 26th, uh, 2013, she arrived in Los Angeles, her second stop. So like I said, she had been staying at hostels mostly for her trip. Um, while in LA, she had found the CISA hotel in downtown. It had like cheap rates. So she booked a few nights there. She was gonna say, I think four nights total. Um, she wasn't really concerned about the hotel rating. It didn't have like a great rating. I don't believe at the time, um, she was only planning on sleeping there and like spending your days exploring and stuff. So she sure. really wasn't concerned. Um, so originally she was assigned to room 506. It was a bunk room where she had a few women roommates, um, and they shared a toilet and shower in the hall. It was like a communal bathroom. The roommates situation though, didn't go too well because they would end up complaining to the hotel staff about Alyssa's odd behavior. Apparently like one night she like refused to let them in the room before they had to tell her the, like she, they had to tell her the password like there was no password and like they just wanted to get into their room that they paid to be in, you know, so they complained. Right. And Alyssa was moved out of the shared room after two days and given a single room on the same floor for the remainder of her stay. So Jocelyn, tell us a little bit about the Cecil Hotel because- Oh, okay. The Cecil Hotel. It's a whole nother, it's a whole nother case itself is the yeah. hotel. It's a whole- <laughs> yeah. The hotel is a, an alive character in this story. So uh, it was located at 640 South Main Street in downtown LA. I was just here, Quinnies. I, I mean, a year ago, like right before COVID and people were going like, you know, I'm really concerned about this coronavirus. And Sam and I were like, come on, come relax. On. It's no big deal. Um, so this is kind of misleading and I really want to clear this up. So most documentaries about Alyssa Lam are misleading in this way. So they say LA, right? She was in a seedy part of town, a seedy part of downtown and anything could happen. No. Okay. Downtown LA is massive. Okay. Mm -hmm. All of LA is massive. Sure. But downtown LA is massive. So the Cecil is within walking distance of Skid Row, which is probably the most famous concentration of homeless people in the U S right. Yeah. Because of the nature of the living situation in a, in a camp, basically of homeless people, you have a high crime rate, high rate of drug use. Like it's not a safe area. Absolutely not. 
However, it's not like you walk out of the Cecil Hotel and Skid Row is right there and you're like in it and like- That's definitely what it makes you think. It makes you think that it's right there and it is not. Um, LA city blocks are huge, by the way. So Skid Row, like it, it is walkable. We walk through part of it uh, like one morning randomly to get somewhere, but it's not unavoidable. So it's not in a bad area. It's, it's downtown LA. It's for the most part, it's actually very nice. So the Cecil hotel, Cecil hotel has a checkered history. It opened in 1927 and that was the first time that there was a suicide there. So that's probably (laughs) not a fucking good sign at all. No big deal. No big deal. So first suicide was a 52 year old man named Percy Ormond cook. He took his life after no hope of reconciliation with his wife and child. He died of a gunshot wound to the head in the Cecil hotel. Okay. So just kicking, kicking it right off, right off. Um, Since then there have been 16 strange and unexpected deaths in the hotel. Um, LA is a popular place. They get all types, Um, several suicides from gunshot wounds, from falling out of windows Ingesting poison is a big one uh, and jumping off of the roof of the building, which you can mentioning that later, which is going to come in later. And you can definitely (laughs) get access to the roof of the building. We know that. Mm -hmm. So this is maybe the saddest one. 1964, this woman named Pigeon Goldie Osgood. Pigeon. Freaking pigeon. I can't. Pigeon. Freaking pigeon. It's just, this one just breaks my heart. She was found raped and murdered by, and she was found raped and murdered by stabbing in the Cecil Hotel in her room. She was 65 years old and she was called Pigeon Goldie because she was a bird lover and she stopped to feed little birds that were too small to forage for themselves. I can't. I literally can't. I mean, you know, I love birds. So, oh my God. I mean, so her murder to this day remains unsolved. There is a story about a pregnant woman who gave birth in the bathroom of the Cecil Hotel and then threw her newborn baby out the window. And she had said that the baby was stillborn, that was born dead, but this was later proven not to be true. And she was found incompetent to stand trial. So she was clearly ill. Yeah. Um, There's another suicide in the Cecil where someone jumped from a window and landed on another person and killed both of them. Like, can you imagine? Ugh. Um, But it doesn't stop there. The Cecil Hotel was actually home to two notorious serial killers. First being Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker. He stayed on the 14th floor of the Cecil between 1984 and 1985. That is during the time where he was committing the crimes that eventually got him convicted of 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, and 11 sexual assaults. So we can't stress this enough. Okay. Those are the murders that we know about. Okay. So he's been committing crimes since he was a teenager and we will probably never know the true depths of all of the horrendous shit that he did. He, to me, in my opinion, he's number one, scariest violent offender in the history of the world for me. Definitely hundred percent. Um, so we'll probably never cover him, but probably not. I was going to say, so we're definitely not going to be doing him <laughs> at all. 
So, uh, yeah, so he stayed there. And then Jack Unterweger, who was uh, an American, well, an Austrian serial killer. He lived in the Cecil Hotel in 1991. He had previously been convicted of murder in Austria in 1976. And upon his release in 1990, he moved to L.A., and he wrote books while he was incarcerated and he was a fucking best-selling author by the time that he left prison. Okay. Okay. So then he came to LA and he killed at least three sex workers during his stay at the Cecil. He was eventually convicted and then he went full fucking Israel keys and killed himself in his cell in June of 1994 before we could ever know the true depths of his crimes. So that's just a brief little history of this, of, of that Where poor little 21 year old alone. Alyssa lamb was staying. Like, I bet she had absolutely no idea. No idea. None. Um, okay. So let's talk about the days leading up to Alyssa's disappearance. Okay. January 29th, like we had said, like the protocol of what she needed to do to go on the trip, she had to call her parents every day. And so she was doing that faithfully contact them every night or every day. I'm good. I'm doing this, this, the other thing I went here. I went there keeping them up, you know, what she was doing, where she was going. She wrote on her Tumblr when she arrived in LA, like I've arrived in La La Land. Okay. Aww. It's so cute. And she spoke about like the art deco themed building next to where she was saying, she mentioned Boz Lerman's great Gatsby, which was my inspiration for my wedding. Like, thank you Aww. very much. It's like the best. Um, she did touch on her depression. She spoke about it saying like, if a person reveals they have depression, they should be supported and not questioned on what caused it. And then in her bio for her Tumblr, which I found interesting was, um, a quote from a diary by Chuck Palahniuk, which was you, you're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. Like she just wanted to live her life and see all the things and, you know, do all the things. Also mm -hmm. Haunted by Chuck Palahniuk was my favorite. I went through like a huge Chuck Palahniuk phase. Now, which one is Haunted? Haunted is the one of like just a bunch of different stories. Oh, okay. Together, mm -hmm. which is usually something I hate. I hate short stories. I hate compilations of that kind. But for some reason, like Chuck Palahniuk wrote it. So it was fine. I was liked like that, uh the note in the wall and like all the weird crazy creepy shit the um invisible monsters oh yeah the model who's like very famous and gets completely disfigured and yes. then in the end spoiler alert guys and then in the end you find out that she that she did it to herself yes oh it's fun that's a fun one dun, dun. it's a fun one it's a fun one I mean, and then fight club of course like, of course obviously um and then she posted about potential like what could have been and what didn't happen breaks your heart so like she was definitely feeling a lot of feels and just like you know thinking all the deep thoughts on her little like quest you know what I mean I just like yeah. envision like this young girl like her first alone trip like traveling seeing who she finally wanted to see like finding herself and then all this bullshit happens 21 years old I man know. so she ended up visiting a bookshop which is called the last bookstore um owned by katie orphan who spoke with Alyssa because she was having a hard time deciding on a book she didn't know if it would be too heavy for her to carry around while she was traveling um and she was buying books and some music for her family back in vancouver 
and Katie Orphan would describe Alyssa as very outgoing, very lively, and very friendly. So January 31st, 2013, Alyssa is seen by hotel staff that evening, allegedly in a somewhat restricted area of the hotel. We weren't really sure like what she was doing. Mm -hmm. um, she was set to check out the following day, February 1st, and head to Santa Cruz, but she never checked out. Parents did not hear from her that day, which was absolutely unlike her. She had contacted them faithfully every single day. So they contacted the LAPD and they end up flying down to LA to look for Alyssa. Police come and search Alyssa's room in the hotel. Everything is there, her clothes, her laptop, her prescriptions, everything. There's no sign of her. But technically I found out, I believe the hotel had actually already moved her belongings out of the room, which is the protocol when someone doesn't check out on time. They move them immediately into bags into the basement and they hold them for 30 days until someone claims them. Hmm. They got conflicting. I'm not sure if like the police came, found her stuff, and then they moved them or if they moved them immediately and the police saw the bag of her things. Either yeah, no, way, you're, you're right. Because according to the manager of uh -huh. the thing, they had already taken, taken her up. stuff and it was right. down with the belongings and they had okay. to go and get them. And that's where the investigators went through her stuff. Gotcha. Like, I don't know about that. If you put a credit card down, they'll just charge you for another night. Like your, your stuff right. is there. So like, I, right. I don't fully, eh, mm. I don't know. It's just the beginning of a lot of suspicious. I, I think I'm showing my cards a little bit on how I yeah. feel about the fucking hotel. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So either way, everything she basically had on her for the trip was still there. Everything. So they did have dogs go through the building. Oh, pups. Know about the dogs. They searched the building, including the rooftop, but they could not successfully detect her scent there. But police couldn't actually search every room. Like plus, first of all, like over six hundred rooms there. But they couldn't actually search every single room until they thought an actual crime had been committed. Because you know you can't just like go into anyone's hotel room. Oh, we're missing someone. Can we just like go through all your shit? You can't right. just do that. At this point, she's still only a missing person. So a few days pass, February 6th, Elise has been missing for about a week. LAPD start releasing details of her disappearance and hope that sharing the story will somehow bring them some leads. Flyers are posted around the neighborhood and online. And the public is being made very aware of the story. Like a lot of people are catching the drift that she's gone missing. February 7th, they hold a press conference where the Lamb family is in the background. They had, they're still there trying to find her. February 14th. Yeah, which was completely heartbreaking too, by the way. I the know. little yeah. mom and dad and sister in the I back. Know. I can't, I can't. Like they don't even speak, but just the fact that they're there and like mm -hmm. on their faces is just so sad. Yeah. So February 14th, the LAPD release a video, a now infamous viral huge crazy mysterious bizarre video it is surveillance from the hotel the night Alyssa went missing while she's in the elevator and she's acting very bizarre okay I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that many if not almost all of our listeners have probably seen this video like let's be real Alyssa comes into the elevator she's there's no one else in the elevator it's just her 
She comes into the elevator. She's wearing a red hoodie. It is seemingly, she's seemingly alone. Okay. You cannot see another person at this juncture. She is, comes into the elevator wearing a red hoodie, a skirt, and black sandals. She comes in, she bends down and pushes buttons for numerous floors, like all down in a row. She's not standing there pressing them. She's literally bending down and like face very close to the buttons, in my opinion, and just like, pressing them with both of her hands one by one. But she doesn't seem to be in a rush, in my opinion. She then moves to the back corner and stands there waiting for the doors to close. The doors aren't closing. So she approaches the doorway kind of slowly. She puts one foot in the doorway, leaving the rest of her body and her other leg and foot in the elevator. Very quickly looks from side to side out on the hallway. So she's slow, unrushed, and then like really quickly looking, jerking her head from side to side, okay? She backs up into the elevator, eventually shuffling over to stand against the wall in the corner by the buttons and seemingly to be as hidden as possible from the doorway. So she's squishing herself into the corner as much as she can. At this point, the doors still have not closed. Alyssa goes to the doorway and stands in it, steps one foot out slowly, and then quickly hops out into the hallway. The doors are still open. Alyssa does this like box step move. She moves to the side, back in the doorway and out again into the hall, moves to the left of the elevator doors. So you can almost not see her at all. She can only see like part of her right arm. She puts her hands on her head for a few seconds. She might be like playing with her hair or she just has her hands in her head. She comes back into the doorway. And as she's coming back into the doorway, she's bracing herself on each side like with her hand, she's like stepping in, bracing herself. She presses all the buttons again to what seemed to me like at least twice. I couldn't tell if she was just pressing more buttons than last time or if she went down the row again. Mm. Either way, it's at least the second time she's pressed them because she did it the first time. She then goes out into the hallway to the left again, where you can only see part of her. She then turns to the right and starts waving her open hands around very bizarrely, almost like she's talking to someone. She moves her hand back and forth in the doorway, which you could almost think, okay, well maybe she's like trying to see if it's like there's a sensor to like move her hand through the doorway or not to make the door close or whatever. But then she continues, she turns back into the hallway and is still moving her arms and hands, kind of like she's acting something out, like she's just waving her hands like she's like doing a magic spell and like counting her fingers. I don't know, it's very odd. She puts her hands back on top of her head momentarily. She turns to the left and walks away. So she moves her feet and legs really strangely in my opinion, like her, it, to me, it seems as if her left foot is glued to the floor and her right foot is rotating to bring her whole body around in that direction yes. and then steps away, right? Yeah. But some people think that the left foot that I think is glued to the floor is someone else's foot. Yeah, which I clearly do not agree I with. I do that. not it think is 100% that. her foot in the right? flip flop. It seems it like totally it's one foot. foot here, another it's foot just here. Her it's her doing an odd turn. Uh, she's like just out. oddly turning her body, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's just it, like. 
it's very strange it's so bizarre it is so, like the most bizarre thing it it, it it you could you could dissect every single millisecond of this of yeah this tape. oh and my god i watched it a million can, times yeah. i can't watch it enough like it is like you just want more answers and there's nothing there so after no. that she's out of the picture right but the tape keeps going for another i think almost two full minutes nothing there's no one else there you see nobody else in the hall the the doors eventually start to close okay they start to close what seems slowly and then quicker and then they go down the floors and each time the the door opens and it's the hallway is empty and there's no one there okay so According to the documentary on Netflix, there is a possibility that Alyssa pressed the emergency stop button on the elevator, which caused the doors to stay open for longer than normal. Because usually they would close pretty quickly after she would enter the elevator, but they stayed open that whole time. Or there's a possibility that the elevator was just malfunctioning. And it just happened to be that the doors just never wanted to close until she was completely gone man or some people think there is a person somehow keeping the doors open by pressing a different button on the hallway who knows carly i'm sorry what what did you say the rationale was for releasing this video Apparently they think that releasing the video is going to, to the public is somehow going to get answers. Like somehow the public is going to know something to do about this girl that doesn't live there, that nobody knows in the, in an elevator at night in the hotel. Doing the weirdest shit that you have ever seen. It makes no sense to me why they released the tape. To be yeah, I, uh, I really yeah. don't understand. I'm glad now because we can watch it and talk about it, but don't get it. And I, I think I think also because I think it had to do with the fact that it was the very last moment that we saw her, like that we knew. Those are her last moments we know she's alive. Right, all. that yeah. we knew she was alive at all. Yeah, mm. I think that yeah. has something to do with it too. But you're right. I think the main reason was because they thought that if somebody saw that, that they would be like, oh, oh, uh, I know her. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, I see, know that I think that they maybe said that or pushed That's what that. They vi- said they but. right, but they pushed that video out there to be like, yeah, but she was probably a little. Uh-huh. There was probably something wrong with her, so don't don't look too much at what we're doing. Just They're look at what she's doing. Work. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because not only is it weird that they release it at all, it's very weird that they release it so quickly into the investigation in my Yes. Opinion. You know what, what I mean? What do we do? Like we're four years into Delphi and I, I can't get the information that I need. Exactly. And how many times do we hear, oh, this is an open investigation. We cannot confirm or deny your question, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. It's, it is bizarre that they released that video. Really? Makes no sense at all. Guests at the hotel start complaining about the water. Never good. It's never good. Everyone. Red flag. In any, for any reason, it's just not going to be good. Regardless. Oh, God. Okay. This part free, it really Red freaks me flag. right out. It ain't. Uh, get me not. right out. Get me the fuck just right out. I'm leaving. Never. Bye. Thank you. 
Some ain't yeah, clean bye. in the water, guys. Okay, mm-hmm. some ain't clean. It's not. <laughs> so numerous guests are complaining. The, the water pressure is low. There's odd colors. There's a odd weird smells. taste. People are tasting the water, you guys. Okay? Nope. Checking out. Already I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I will only drink bottled water forever now. I like use it to yeah, brush it's bad. It's really bad. So after there's so many complaints, the hotel maintenance worker Santiago Lopez goes to check the hotel's water tanks on the roof. Okay. There are four tanks. They're each a thousand gallons worth of water. He goes up there, he's doing his job. He's gonna check the water tank, see what's going on. He looks through the top latch of a tank. The latch was already open, even though we were originally, people were originally told it was not, but it was. He sees a body floating facing up naked of a young girl. The tank was drained and the side was cut open to remove the body and clothes were found in the tank along with a room key and watch. The body is moderately decomposed and bloated from being in water, but is later identified as Alyssa Lamb. So there's no visible trauma to the body, okay? There's no blunt force trauma to the head, like there's no cuts, lacerations, stabbings, anything like that. There's no evidence of sexual assault. There's no evidence of suicide. That there is a sand-like particulate found all over the body and on the clothing, which we don't really know what that was. We have no idea. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck None. is that? No idea. Just a sand-like particulate. So an autopsy is done and results at first are inconclusive, but ultimately would be determined as an accidental drowning with bipolar disorder mentioned as other condition contributing, but not related to immediate cause of death. Okay. I already have a problem with that. So many problems. Yes. Go, go ahead. I have a problem with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no. Okay. We no. Nope. Nope. I happen to, uh, we'll get into what, what each of us thinks actually happened to this poor girl, but I don't think that it's appropriate to cite the diagnosis in tandem with the death that you originally ruled inconclusive. Correct. Exactly. I, I don't think that you would say, for example, if it was a physical malady, if she had cancer mm-hmm. and she was found in a water tank, no one would say, well, she had cancer. So she probably drowned herself in a water tank. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's exactly. not, it's a, it's a very stigmatizing thing to say. What if she was a Jane Doe? You didn't even know she had bipolar disorder. So what good would that do to anything? It's still, it it doesn't. I have a problem with that from the, from the coroner. I really do. Agreed. I completely hundred percent agree with you. It also makes no sense. So they did a toxicology uh, report and the results found no sign of drug or alcohol intoxication. Okay. But they did find interestingly low traces of her prescribed medications. Okay. The four meds that we brought up earlier, as well as over-the-counter medications, Sinutab and ibuprofen. So there were the low levels of the antidepressant, the anticonvulsant, anti-epileptic or mood stabilizer, and antipsychotic, which the 
because there were so low traces, it suggests that Alyssa was in fact undertaking her medications, which don't know for a fact, but it seems as if she had not taken them like she was prescribed. Right. So someone actually broke down three key observations to this. Alyssa had taken at least one antidepressant that very day, the day that she went missing. Had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. And had not taken her antipsychotic recently. Now, however, recently is, is recently. We, it's right, broad, right. We don't really know. So antidepressants are used to treat bipolar disorder and they can induce manic side effects if not taken as prescribed, which people, the police, who the coroner, whoever are trying to say is a possible reason for her odd behavior in the elevator and leading up to her disappearance, like the issue with the roommates, all that kind of stuff. So while the toxicology results did show all this information, we do need to clarify that according to Dr. Wang, who performed the autopsy, the interpretation of this information is limited due to the small sample of blood work that was done. They couldn't really take a good enough sample at whether because the decomp was already too far gone or you know what have you. Yeah, there was also like, exactly. There was severe water damage like to the body. It had right. bloated right. and it was, it was, you know, swollen from being in the tank. And so they also, they also predicted well, or not predicted. They determined that it was also a tough call to make at the levels of the medicine that were in here, her also because of the water as well. Mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. like that could affect her so that she didn't have any other drugs in her system, according to the toxicology report, but it wasn't to say that there couldn't have been something else because the water could have affected that. Right. She was, she wasn't found for so long, you know? Yeah. Right. Same thing with the sexual assault. How the hell exactly. are you even supposed to tell? Right. Well, I'll after bring that up again water later like too. Because... After being in water. Yeah. Right. Like, like water really, really changes shit. Like it makes sense that there's no visible, you know, there's definitely no stab wounds. There's definitely no strangulation, like, you know, ligature marks, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff makes sense. Fine. Cause that would be fairly obvious regardless of the decomp, but this kind of stuff, like mm, not convinced. So how the hell did she get to the roof to begin with? Okay. 15 story building. How the hell did she get up there? God. A place that she'd never been before also. So the Cecil's chief engineer, Pedro Tovar, described there's four ways the roof could have been accessed, okay? There are three fire escapes accessible by interior doors and a staircase on the 14th floor that leads to an alarmed door to the roof. Now the door opening, I read that there either needed to be an employee key at the door in order to not trip the alarm but i also heard slash read that there was an employee key to turn off the alarm which was actually located at the front desk lobby so i'm not sure if in fact you do need a key to get through the door she could have just gone through the door mm -hmm. period but the alarm was supposedly only going off at the front desk lobby now only the owners the maintenance crew and the security team have keys to turn off this alarm. And the alarm was allegedly working and functional according to the previous manager as seen on the documentary. 
she said, what, do you think we would just ignore the alarm if it went off? Apparently there allegedly no alarm went off that day, okay? You're telling me that first of all, there's no way that the alarm could have been turned off and then turned back on. So it seemed like it was functioning the whole time and nobody knew. You're telling me that an alarm on the 14th floor, a door on the 14th floor has an alarm that only goes off at the front desk, hoping that make sure that there's somebody at the front desk to hear that alarm. Like, exactly. You, like how the hell are you even going to get somebody up there? Up. Exactly. In like, the time, and you have 600 her. rooms. Like there's a, there's a million places people could be like, I don't trust that woman. She's it, a freaking crock of shit. That one. I mean, <laughs> it just makes no sense. Like why would, no, no, you're right. Like if you need to get to the person who is accessing the door, when they shouldn't be, you, it's going to take you 20 minutes. Yeah. They're on the fucking roof by then. Exactly. They're off the roof by then. If they're trying to do that, you know, especially like, with how fucked up your elevators are. So obviously not the greatest protocol. If that is in fact, how it really was. Okay. So a fire escape would be accessible if she was able to gain access to a room on the top floor, then go out the window to the fire escape climb a ladder that is affixed to the side of the building. Okay. It is oh literally the scariest thing I've ever I know. Seen. It like gives you vertigo just watching them show the footage it of the really ladder. Did. I was like, I can't because, okay. It's like a regular staircase fire escape, which alone the height would I'd have an issue with. Cause I'm scared of heights. So that alone is scary. But then all of a sudden it's not a staircase anymore. It's just this little ladder on the building, just going all the way up. Nope. Through, no, 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 that doesn't seem plausible to me. Even if, it even doesn't. if they have questions about her mental state, I, 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 I think that that's ludicrous. Well, according to the manager, that's definitely the way she must have done. Definitely the way there's no other way she could have gone up there. It's definitely the fire escape. Her and Spider-Man are the only ones. <laughs> who can scale the Maybe side Batman could have done it also but still negative okay like how could she have done this at all how could she have done this at night in the dark the wind like what's going on how would she even know it was there to get to the roof and what would even be the main objective of going to the roof to begin with okay makes no sense but either way she's on the roof right so However, she got there once on the roof in order to access the water tank, Alyssa would have had to climb onto the platform of the tank, squeeze between the tanks and all the other plumbing and climb a ladder. Okay. There are 10 feet, 10 feet high tanks. Okay. Originally I was like, is there a ladder that needs to be brought up? Is there a ladder already affixed to the tanks? I believe that they're already affixed to the tanks, mm -hmm. but either way, it's like a convoluted way to get, it's not just like super easy access in my opinion then if she got through all that stuff she would also have to be able to lift the heavy metal lid to the opening on the top of the 10 feet tall length okay the tank and then climb in the maintenance worker who found her santiago lopez stated that the alarm on the door appeared functional when he had disabled it that day in order to access the water tank so it wouldn't go off when he went up there and he had not heard the alarm go off at all during Alyssa's stay. So in my opinion, already it doesn't make sense if he's saying he didn't hear the alarm go off, okay? 
he is the maintenance man, right? Are you telling me that the maintenance man is always at the front desk? Yeah. In the lobby of the hotel? Is that where a maintenance man works? Or is he like throughout the hotel doing maintenance or, you know, like his normal office where if he's not doing something throughout one of the rooms would not be at the front desk of the hall of the lobby where the alleged alarm will be going off. Right. So yeah, when I kept wanting to, to be like, with? listen, okay. I kept, I kept wanting to ask the Cecil hotel, like, can you provide me with your org chart? Can you provide yes. me with your staffing plan so yes. that I can look and see okay, general manager, these people will report to them. And then these people report to that. I wanted to see the whole thing because Mm -hmm. I'm like, if the, if the maintenance guy is saying that alarm had to be disabled on that day, nobody ever told me it had been tripped. I disabled it. I went to the roof. I did all of the things like then, then there is a clear disconnect between what's going on in the hotel and what the hotel staff, the hotel administration knows is going on in the hotel. Exactly. Makes no sense. It, I just can't, and I'm getting riled up, and I'm only gonna get more riled up. So, <laughs> so you know. So again, like, does this mean that she definitely took the fire escape, or could she have been with a hotel employee who had possibly disabled the alarm? We don't know. So after she's found, a few months after she's found, Alyssa's parents, David and Yena, or Yema. Um, file a wrongful death suit against the Cecil Hotel that stated the hotel had a duty to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk to Alyssa and other hotel guests, okay? The hotel filed a motion to dismiss the suit because they would have no reason to think that someone could get into the water tanks. LA Superior Court Judge Howard Holm ruled that Alyssa's death was unforeseeable since it happened in an area guests were not allowed to access and the lawsuit was dismissed. I disagree with everything that just was said because wholeheartedly disagree. just because it was unforeseeable doesn't mean, oh, okay, well, the guests aren't allowed to go there. So there's no way that anyone could think that a guest would ever break the rules and go somewhere they're not supposed to and get into physical trouble. And no bullshit because it's your, that's still on the hotel ground. So you're responsible. Exactly. That's that's a hundred percent ridiculous, but it was dismissed. So the poor land family didn't get any justice that way. So let's talk about some theories about what happened aliens aliens so i started from like the least likely to the most likely the most probable in my opinion Mm -hmm. aliens unfortunately is the least likely but it needed to be said it would be tough that could be what the sand lake particulate is it could be alien matter because we don't know what it is but yeah, okay, it probably wasn't aliens. It probably wasn't aliens. Let's be real. Just as unlikely. Portal to another dimension. Some- I have not heard this. Oh, <laughs> you're in for a treat. Some people actually think that Alyssa died from opening a door to another dimension. Okay. This is for people who believe the urban myth of the Korean elevator game. Okay. She wasn't Korean, but whatever. In the game. A player has to go alone into an elevator, press a series of buttons to enter a parallel dimension. Shut yes. up. Okay. Yes. So while I, 
just a precursor. Yes, I think this is unlikely, but it doesn't not make a little bit of sense if you go to believe that far. Okay. Like someone made all a movie of these theories about it too. Right. All of these theories do have synchronicities that can be an answer. You know what I mean? Like technically. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the dimension that you go into causes your electronic devices to not work like your phone. And the only thing outside is a red cross and the player is supposed to stay in the elevator. But if a strange woman enters this, enters the elevator, they cannot look at her or speak to her. And the believers think that Alyssa was playing this game and it went horribly awry. Holy shit. So like that, if you believe that kind of thing could make a little bit of sense with like the door acting weird. And she's like going to the side and like scooching over here and like pressing all the buttons and she's looking out for a strange woman to appear. So, you know, unlikely, but maybe. It's a yeah. theory for it's sure. A, it is a theory. a theory. It's people and truly it, do believe that that could have been what happened. Honestly. It was a huge influence for films too. Like a lot of films used that, the sort of, well, one film in particular used that game that you mentioned. They, they used yes. the whole movie was sort of the plot was that. Um, but then there's like tons of other films too that used that elevator sort of like theme. I mean, in the years following it's obviously a, a, a very, you know, interesting story. Like it definitely like is gripping. You know what I mean? Regardless of whether it's the real Alyssa story or not, if it's like our fictionized version, it's still, it can get, it's creepy as hell, in, you know, yeah. get people like into it. So the next theory, ghosts. I technically do believe that ghosts probably exist. Okay? Yeah, I think we can all agree that, of, all, that we on this podcast believe in ghosts, right? right? Like I believe. In this 100%. Oh, that ghosts are the reason for her death, but whatever. So many stories fuel the theory that the CISA hotel is like super haunted, especially because of like Richard Ramirez, Jack Untervig or whatever, the Vienna Strangler as he was called. And the fact that it was the last known location of Elizabeth Short, the Black Dahlia. Was it though? See now, okay. So there's the thing. When we covered her earlier, no mention of the Cecil Hotel. It was mentioned that she went out for drinks, but Cecil Hotel was not mentioned. And considering its notoriety, you would think it would be plastered all over her story that it was in fact the Cecil Hotel. Mm -hmm. So I question that particular one, but we definitely know Richard Ramirez and the other one was there. So Mm -hmm. the serial killers were there. Plus the many, like the many deaths, the overdoses, the suicides, all that stuff that's happened. There's definitely room to think that there could be many hauntings going on. Yeah. So some people think that Alyssa was hiding from a ghost in the elevator and her strange hand movements were her trying to communicate with the spirit. Okay. Yeah. So that ends up her being dead in a water tank. I'm not really sure. But I feel like the whole watching the whole elevator video a hundred thousand million bazillion fucking time. <laughs> what I picked up from it is that any sort of like communication that she's having is going towards the right. Yeah. Like towards her right. Like right. where you can't see whether or not anyone is there. You don't see a shadow. You don't see anything at all. 
every time that she peeks out or looks out or is going out, any of her action is pointed like towards the right. So that is one of the hints that that's one of the only things that I picked up from the video that I could say myself mm-hmm. is that I felt like she was seeing something or someone fucking out there. And then the she right. leaves to the left, to away, the left, from, away from them. First, and yeah. then also exactly like, it's like, it's almost as though she's communicating with this person out of the elevator Mm-hmm. And almost as if like that moment where she goes in the corner and fucking, oh my God, I have cold chills, like just talking about it. It's yeah. just so eerie. I know. But like when she goes and like hides in the corner and then you kind of see her do like a little peek almost like is the person coming kind yeah. of right? Like almost as though she's waiting for that person yes. or that thing or whatever to fucking come in there. Like she thinks it's going to fucking come in there. Yes. And then it doesn't. Exactly. I just can't take it. And then she pieces out. Okay. Well, here's the next theory, which like I think is the absolute just wildest coincidence that I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. The tuberculosis test subject slash government conspiracy. Okay. Goes all the way to the top, my friends. Oh my God. Follow the money. Follow the money. Alyssa the theory is Alyssa was a guinea pig for a new tuberculosis medication. Okay. This is crazy. And in 2013, around, or I'm not sure if it was right before or right after Alyssa's death, there was an outbreak of tuberculosis on Skid Row. Okay. And there is a urine test for tuberculosis called the LAM Alyssa, L A M hyphen. E-L-I-S-A, okay? Which stands for lipoarabinomenin enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay. So L-A-M-E-L-I-S-A, which is her name, but backwards. Or switched, Weird. you know, either way. That so is some, a, that's it, a, that's I a mean, hell that of a coincidence. Just, that is like the biggest coincidence I've ever seen. Like that, what are the odds? So some think that she was a government agent said to sent to spread tb and was from canada from canada okay and then was taken out because she knew too much if a government conspiracy were true and they were going to take her out because she knew too much do you think that they would have left her on the premises in a water tank. You would have just never seen or heard from her ever again. Exactly. Okay. So while the Lamalisa part is very, very crazy and weird, I don't, I don't think this is likely. No. And I have not heard one theory yet that explains both the elevator and her being in the water tower. Exactly. Right. And they need to mesh up in some way. They have to. So the next theory. So the dark water movie, okay? This is a theory that Alyssa was murdered in an attempt to replicate the plot of the horror movie, Dark Water. So originally it's a short story by Koji Suzuki called The Floating Water. Then it was made into a Japanese horror movie in 2002. And then finally an American remake in 2005 starring Jennifer Collins. So the story is about a mother and her daughter. They move to this cheap apartment in this like dilapidated old hotel. And in their apartment, they soon find dark water leaking from a bedroom ceiling. 
So the apartment above theirs has flooded and the family that had lived there has mysteriously disappeared. Don't know what happened. The mom ends up finding the body of the little girl who lived in that upstairs apartment. She had been abandoned by her parents and drowned after accidentally falling into the building's water tower. And she now haunts the building. And in the remake, the daughter is wearing the, a little red jacket with a hood, just like Alyssa's wearing a red hoodie. And that's just creepy. Like, I don't think that has anything to do with anything, but it's weird. God, the Japanese with those horror movies, they I are the freaking oh yeah. masters they, of that oh shit. Oh, yeah. They are. And China, it is so fucking And the scary. Chinese, too. And the Chinese, too. They yeah. all became, the years following um, her, her death, they all became obsessed with it. The right. Chinese, too. The, a bunch of Chinese directors made movies. They were all making all these horror movies yeah, with the girl in the elevator. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So then one of the more plausible theories, but still not correct, um, Morbid the Musician, okay? This poor guy. <laughs> oh my God, this, this guy is guy. Like, just, I just, I can't with him. This is like when we were talking about Insane Clown Posse with yes. Israel Keys. Like, yes. <laughs> oh God, yes. Huge Insane Clown Posse vibes. ICP. Like, I can't. Pants. So this guy's name is actually Pablo Vergara. Okay. He's a Mexican death metal musician. Pablo. He becomes a target of armchair detectives when they find out that he had stayed in the Suiza hotel and released a song around the same time of Alyssa's disappearance and death. Okay. So this was fueled by the type of songs that Morbid would write, which He's a death metal musician. Like, of course, they're all going to be about death and the violence and murder. Is morbid, exactly. <laughs> so, like, do you think his songs are going to be about like sunshine and roses? And then oh, this one song came out around Alyssa's death, and it had to do with death. Like, duh. Come on, whatever. So, a music video for his song called "Died in Pain" was posted on YouTube a few days after Alyssa's death which was just bad timing. Like, what are you going to do? Morbid side project, uh, Slit Wrist, had had a song called China about victims' remains being laid to rest in water. Which again, just like weird coincidence, but like he's a death metal musician, people. Okay. So he would end up having to post a video stating that he was innocent, but he's like wearing this weird ski mask, like halloween full face mask like at the time and he's like his voice is all distorted like if you are people think that you possibly murdered this girl maybe you should just like tone it down for like a quick minute and say you're like in all seriousness i'm innocent i didn't kill her yeah if you can like tone it down a little maybe so isn't it your mom who calls that uh who calls like sad music slit wristy? <laughs> it's like yes. <laughs> slit wristy music. It makes sense. It yes. makes sense. So, like it would get so bad that Morbid actually would receive death threats, and he gave up making music for the a very poor long guy. Time. I mean, he is. He. I mean, yeah. he's really he's committed, but committed. He did actually just start recently recording again, so like he's back in the game. But good for you, Morbid. Tell these people to go to hell. Seriously, but he stopped. He he stopped for a while because it got bad. 
So we're, we still got a few more theories to go. So, cause we just have no, we have no answers. So the next theory is the last bookstore. Okay. So like we said, the last day that she was actually known traveling, she went to the last bookstore and the last person to see Alyssa besides like the hotel staff or whoever was Katie Orphan, the manager at the last bookstore. And apparently if you do a who is lookup of the domain for the bookstore's website, when Katie has domain privacy of it, but it gives a postcode address V5G4S2. If you put the postcode into Google Maps, it takes you to Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. And right smack dab in the middle of the screen, right by the pin, is Forest Lawn Funeral Home, where Alyssa's funeral was held. Do I think Katie Orphan had anything to do with it? No, but no. the weirdness of that. This case is, is just a magnet just for all insane. of this. Insane. Insane. Like, what are the odds? Like, I what I need to know is like, okay, obviously she has something to do with her death, but like, but why is that the case? Like, why is that postcode address there? Yeah. That is connected to, and that goes right to the forest on fuel home. Like that's weird. It is also like who I just need to like, who decided to like, Oh, I know I'm going to go look up the domain. Oh wait, I well, know. I'm going to go put that in Google. They released like, this crazy. video. They, it people, was a just, people just went for it. People just, the whole, uh, the whole true crime community just went for it. People became totally obsessed and insane. Mm -hmm. And I think that one thing that's actually cool about this case too that is actually kind of something that's kind of incredible about it is because it, the fact that they did release that video sort of caused this craze of people, the crime community, like sort of like reaching out and sort of becoming really involved. And I feel like it boomed, like the crime community boomed at that point. Yeah. It was like, a, it was like a big time for internet people that are into this like so that you become the web obsessed. Sleuths. Yeah, yes. web sleuths. Yes. Yep, definitely. So one of the more likely theories is a cover up by the police and hotel. Okay. So some oh, internet shocker. Shocker. I oh. aren't we all surprised? Oh out shocker. of left field this theory. I can't get in cahoots and do this a cover. This is what really gets me. This is what gets me about this. And uh, sometimes I'm afraid to speak too much on this subject, girls. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Vinny, we already Please. did the episode on Pornhub, done. so we're on exactly. a fucking list. So like we're, we're, we're you know, <laughs> we're we can say whatever now. So they're watching. You're welcome, because that was we all like my doing. say hello <laughs> to the NSA as they're watching. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just feel like, okay, are we going to get on our, okay, when we get on our personal theories, so I've mm -hmm. got, yeah, okay. I'm, I have some. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. some. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear you guys. I'm ready to tell you all the thoughts I have. So this particular theory, it definitely has some weight because so some internet sleuths accuse the LAPD of tampering with the surveillance tape, like we kind of mentioned before, in a deal to help the hotel cover up the crime. Because like, yes, the hotel has dealt with many suicides, many deaths. Sex workers have been there. Richard Ramirez has been there all this shit has gone down but like this is a whole nother level because it's like this young little 21 year old girl 
traveling by herself. Everyone knows about this now, everyone. So like they really don't need the whole world to know all this bad PR, right? So internet detectives actually analyzed the surveillance tape and they realized that the timestamp has been slowed down about 35%. Now I, I do question whether this is like really like a part of a cover-up or like maybe in fact, because the, the police released the tape to begin with, which is weird, but whatever, maybe it was purposely slowed down. So maybe more thing could be caught. Like you could see more details. I don't know. Sure. Because it's already like very pixelated. You can't yep. see, uh, it's on a very clear picture. So maybe they slowed it down a little bit just so you could really be aware of everything that was going on. You don't miss anything. But either way, it's strange, right? So people do think the other hotel guests were removed from the tape. The timestamp is obscured and it had been altered, possibly erasing at least one full minute from the tape, if not more. And they feel that they purposely pixelated Alyssa's mouth so we cannot read her lips. But really the whole thing is pixelated. So like, it's not, to me, her mouth isn't any more pixeled than anything else. Right. It's just all bad. Um, also, the fact that the dogs had searched the hotel, including the roof, but they couldn't find any trace of her scent on the roof, or did they not notice that the lid to the water tank was open when they yeah. went to search on the roof? That is suspicious. That is, Without to me, question. is the biggest suspicious like part of that, because you're searching for this girl to begin with. It's one of the main places you can actually search all areas you can't you know what i mean they couldn't go into every room but they could go into the entire roof mm -hmm. like yeah you wouldn't necessarily think that they're in the water tank but would you just like glance at them and be like oh no everything looks good she's not in the regular main part of the roof so yeah let's especially just if out. it's open like you're not going to notice that exactly well they claim that it was that night the first time they searched and that they had to use like the air helicopter to shine the light in order for them to search the roof. The helicopter would and have seen so the open latch, my friends. The other so really suspicious thing to me too is the time that they, okay, so like what's fishy to me is why did they, it take them those couple of first weeks before they did get that surveillance? It was like a week, I think, before they got, or a week or two before they got the surveillance, before they went back to the hotel and decided to go through all of the fucking video footage. Okay, the hundred and something million Well, they did hours say it, they were there for like 20 hours a day looking at right. every single minute of but the footage. But what happened to the footage between the time that the hotel staff had it and the time that the police got it? Because that's fishy to me too. Because mm -hmm. it's who's to say that it wasn't already like that when the cops got it? Exactly, Quinny. That general manager, issue. man, she don't, she doesn't, something ain't clean with I her. I can't. To add to the issue of this cover-up, okay, is the autopsy report, which we've already said. It's just complete BS, okay? So, like we said, at first, it was categorized as inconclusive. Then three full days later, they change it to accident. Okay. So, in my opinion... So a lot of people think that this is an absolute huge red flag for the cover-up, right? 
like why would it be inclusive and then they say oh no actually it was an accident like if you think it's an accident why didn't you think that at first why wouldn't mm-hmm. it be immediately determined as an accident okay and why f- three full days why three days later do you decide that that's what it should be categorized as you know what changed in those three days yeah um some people think that the cover-up was to help the hotel against any more definitively bad press like this whole story isn't already just the worst press you can really get and that the um it also covered up a botched investigation by the lapd with the fact that they were on the roof and didn't find her in the the first place yeah it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. as hell it is Mm -hmm. another thing that we um Another part of this that really caught me, my attention too, from the, according to the Netflix series, there was a cop, a bad cop on the inside that was doing some messed up shit. I don't remember exactly what he was doing, but he was doing shit basically against the LAPD, right? Mm -hmm. And he was doing things to harm them. And so where initially they claim, bunny fingers here, they claim that they had, you know, close to 39 something investigators going on her case and on Mm -hmm. the case of the hotel and so on and so forth. And then when this guy that was a cop, an ex-cop had gotten into all this trouble or whatever, and they were trying to find him, all these investigators just fucking left this, this scene. They, they, they dropped this crime. That is Christopher Dorner. And he was an ex disgruntled ex LAPD officer who claimed, yes. who made a lot of, um, who, who filed complaint against several other fellow officers for their treatment of, um, a, a homeless man who later testified in a trial and the homeless man basically waffled back and forth and said, I was mistreated or I wasn't, or it, it, nothing really ever came of it, but he was disgraced. And he left the LAPD and he clearly had a, uh, some sort of mental episode or had a, had some, had something, it unearthed something in him mm-hmm. and he started, uh, making threats take, and stuff. Yeah. No, he murdered five police officers. He, he drove around oh, God, LA. No, really? Oh yeah. He, dr- oh, he drove, now I think it was police officers and their families, to be honest with you, um, yeah. that he oh, was God. targeting. But mm-hmm. he murdered. So, I mean, at least if there might have been a couple innocent bystanders that were hit but not killed. But I do believe that he killed five officers. Wow. Yeah. So it became um, that he, became like their... I mean, like a sniper, like the DC sniper, like going around mm-hmm. picking them off in public. So the uh, for, you're right, Benny. Like the LAPD was like, we have other things to be focusing. That was one hundred percent. Totally. Like, yep. and so a lot of this again, it's like another case that we see really often where the investigation of it goes to the wayside and like so many things affect it because of that, like, and factor in due to the fact that the investigation like is just not. Well, let's get into more theories because there's still more. So another theory is that it was suicide. Okay. So even though there was no physical evidence of suicide found on her body, no cuts, no lacerations, no ligature marks, nothing. There was nothing in her system to suggest an overdose, even though we already talked about how that could be an issue. Um, Why would she choose to commit suicide by drowning in a fucking water tank on the roof of a hotel, naked? Like, could she not have just jumped off the roof and be done with it? 
why would that be her choice of suicide? It, it doesn't is weird. make any sense. It is, so it is a weird choice. Disagree 100% that it was suicide. Sorry. I just don't think that has any weight, but some people do. So whatever. Okay, fine. Whatever. So another theory is misuse of substances. So even though, like we said, the autopsy and toxicology reports refute this, some people believe that Alyssa was abusing or misusing substances that caused hallucinations, possibly tried some party drugs with people she met on her travels, mixed with her prescriptions, that kind of thing. The fact that this was not found on the reports is explained by believers that the fa- by the fact that she was in the water for so long, like we said, maybe the tr- traces just got washed out. Some self-described body language experts, as much as you can take that into consideration. I really don't know the science of body language, but they claim that her actions on the elevator tape show a level of emotional dissonance that coincides with substance misuse, such as ecstasy. Yes, that is, so that I makes some sense. I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. I, uh, that is one, probably one of my strongest, strongest conclusions that I can yeah. freaking com- possibly even come to is that the only thing I can take from that elevator is Mm -hmm. that she was on something and it can coincide it can mesh the two together like we said the elevator and the water tank it can be meshed with that answer like the other theories they don't quite mold the two you know what i mean like they don't quite click together but that can make that can make some sense my favorite theory is straight up murder okay Straight up murder, my straight friends. Murder straight, straight up, up murder. murder. Straight, straight up murder. Straight up murder. It is thought that the elevator's video suggests that Alyssa was running from someone, afraid and frantic. Okay. A forensic psychologist said, quote, it looked like she was hiding from someone. She seemed to be hiding in a corner, trying to make herself small and out of sight. So allegedly, Alyssa was known coming into the hotel with two men who gave her a box but they were never seen on any surveillance cameras again. Okay. Don't, don't know who said they saw the men, what the men looked like, what was in the box. We don't know. So Alyssa's belongings were found in the basement after her death. Like we said, the long and found, but the mysterious box was never there. So like, what the hell was this box? Who are these guys? Why would she have a box? We don't know. Yeah. That part's weird, but fine. So Alyssa's actions in the elevator also suggest that she was miming to someone in the hallway, looking for someone who was keeping the doors open. Yes. Like you said, Quinny, like looking for someone to the right and like walking away to the left, away from them. This theory is also fueled by the facts of how she could have gotten onto the roof and into the water tank naked. Okay. So possibly a hotel guest, but I think more likely an employee with keys who knows what they're, where they're going leads her to the roof through the alarm door, then to the water tanks. Okay. So even though there's no evidence of sexual assault on the body, some believe that it was likely a factor due to her being found naked. Cause like, why else would she not have her clothes? And that they think that the decomposition took away any real evidence of the assault. So they did search her body for evidence under her fingernails and her body cavities for DNA. Like they did a rape kit. They did a fingernail kit, everything. But nothing is mentioned in the autopsy report. But the rape kit found nothing, apparently. 
And there's a lot of things just not mentioned in most of the specials. I read the whole whole autopsy report, okay? Yeah. It just... There's things that they just skip the fuck just, over. They I just can't. skip over shit. But they're not they going to leave out. But they're not leaving out the bipolar disorder, are they? Yeah, I thought it was fair fair game to mention that, but not, but yeah. Don't mention the results of the rape kit. And don't, yeah. Okay. Also, did they, wasn't there something about they found that there was something with her, like some blood Yes. Okay. on her butt, right? Yes. Or so the only thing mentioned is a pooling of blood in her anal area. Okay. Which literally like the only thing that that would suggest really is evidence of sexual assault. It just, it makes no other sense why there would be blood pooling there, but nowhere else. Yeah, that is odd. I mean, I know that you, that, that like everything kind of opens up after you die. And so right. like, but lividity that, that definitely suggests impact, right? Right. Wow. Yeah. Odd. Okay. So the fire escaped is debunked as part of the murder theory because it would be pretty much impossible to bring an unconscious Alyssa up the fire escape ladder on the side of the building. Okay, there's no way to climb the ladder that's affixed to the building 15 stories high while carrying her body. There's Unless no, there's no way. you're Spider-Man. Unless you're Spider-Man. Okay. Which we can't, we can't factually say that it definitely wasn't Spider-Man. We cannot rule out I Spider-Man. Mean, aliens, possibly. Spider-Man, possibly. Right. Okay. Unlikely, but possible. So they especially cannot carry her unconscious body up the ladder and not cause any trauma to her body. Okay. There would definitely be scrapes, bruises, something, which there were none. So it is possible that they brought Alyssa on the roof via the fire escape. If it was like by gunpoint or threat. So that makes sense. Like she would have been alive climbing up the fire escape herself and then in pursuit of her or whatever, or forcing her up, the coercing her up there somehow, and then killing her on the roof, which to me makes the most sense. And it also could explain that why she was naked if they like forced her to take off her clothes to be more defenseless against them, or if there was a sexual assault or whatever. So someone could definitely have preyed on the fact that she seemed mentally vulnerable and coerced her onto the roof some way, okay? Yeah. Also, apparently Alyssa being found facing, floating facing up instead of the usual face down position in the water could somehow suggest foul play. But in the documentary, they explain that away by also, oh, it's just the result of the water tank being used and the water levels changing, which fine, maybe that is true, but that's like really super convenient for them. But the last theory slash what they ultimately concluded as was accidental drowning right so that would be the most likely theory according to the lead investigator detective wallace tonell he said my opinion is that she fell off her medication and in her state she happened to find her way onto the roof and got into the tank of water at the time i think that the water tank was maybe full but as people used the tank used water unknown to her the level was dropping to a point where she could no longer reach out and escape and she died that way and like we mentioned before this would be ultimately ruled as the cause of death and i think that's just like a super 
cute little tied up bow to this huge crazy ass story so that yeah. really is really convenient and neat for them to conclude cool okay. awesome guys cool, cool, great cool. work so, great work on that one good job so quinny like you said a little bit before talk about the phenomenon that this just caused in pop culture oh my god like totally in like so much we talked a little bit earlier about like the film dark water mm-hmm. in 2005 which was like the huge huge part of it but there's like tons of shows obviously that they that seem to kind of follow the theme of that whether it's like in the elevator or like mysterious drownings um abc has a lot of shows that a couple shows that did it the castle it's about the the woman is in a found in a rooftop water tank at a cedric hotel in manhattan basically is the storyline that they kind of go with Yes. Versus the Cecil Webster. Correct. Right. Then also apparently ABC series, How to Get Away with Murder has a similar storyline too, where they um, have a series of flashbacks in the first season where a sorority girl is missing and her body is hidden in a water tank on the roof of the sorority house. Same kind of thing they tied in with like the water being weird and like there being issues with the water. Mm -hmm. Then also... Um, in Hong Kong, where Lamb's family had immigrated to Vancouver from, filmmakers, a ton of filmmakers were inspired by the case, which I kind of mentioned before. There was a movie uh, by Hong Kong Films by this guy, Nick Chung, who in 2014 called The Hungry Ghost Ritual, which was a horror thriller, including a scene in which a ghost terrorizes a young woman in an elevator shot to look like security camera footage and it's believed to have been inspired by the Cecil Lambs footage. Lee Howe said that he was going to make a film based on it and he even went to this is pretty cool he actually went to Los Angeles and stayed at the hotel to like do research for a few days for the for the movie. No. Oh my god. And okay this one's funny too Quinny I don't know if you read about this but in March of 2014, a little over a year after her death, the brothers, Brandon and Philip Murphy, this killed me, sold a horror script titled The Bringing. It uses the investigation in, in it as its backstory for a fictional investigation, investigating detectives slowly unraveling sanity. So it's basically about a detective that like loses his mind whilst trying to figure out this case. So like the guy who kills all the five police officers. And it's, yes. And it's like the Murphy brothers that created it. So I thought that was pretty funny. That is. Um, they're supposed to be having a Sony pictures is supposed to be coming out with a movie as well that they haven't mentioned. Also, it's made a lot of songs too, a lot of music videos and a lot of bands like Blink-182 I found out apparently it's in uh, Girl at the Rock show it's in their video like the really? Cecil Hotel <gasps> is like behind them yeah so I, I didn't did know, that. know that there were there was a pop duo called the Zolas and they had a song called Ancient Mars and it's it was like the video like showed a young girl like going through Los Angeles and exploring it and like having fun or whatever and that was supposed to be based on her a band called Hail the Sun wrote a couple songs also American Horror Story apparently Mm. was inspired see the fifth season the creator Ryan Murphy said 
that his next season would be set in a present day Los Angeles hotel and that he was inspired by surveillance, quote, unquote, of a woman who got into an elevator at a downtown hotel and That's was never Lady seen Gaga, again. Right. That's the Lady Gaga. Um, oh, I don't know. Season, I've never right? watched was it really. She, I think I watched like the first two episodes of that particular season and I was like, nah. Yeah. No, so yeah it's it's always <laughs> been it's been still no, and it's Lady still Gaga. to this day no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's crazy because it is such a compelling story but like this leave this poor girl alone like i know it's not really her that they're exploiting but like just cool it you know for sure yeah. so talking about cooling it the cecil hotel also kind of worked out too so the Cecil Hotel, which is technically now called Stay On Main. It's half luxury hotel and half longtime residency, like budget residence. Okay. So it technically closed in 2017 for renovations, which included a rooftop pool, which I just think is just the most fucked up detail. Thing. Like how dare you, you guys what a bunch of assholes how to do something dare like you that? do that i, I just, just thought further that so... i think it's just furthering the cover-up yo it's it all right. just a further process of covering the secrets up of that fucking place like the pool on the roof man dead wrong how how dare you you're dead wrong you did yeah <laughs> you did wrong <laughs> Weak of the strong. What is that mystical? I oh, think it's no, mystical. it's fucking Biggie. Uh, no, that's Biggie, man. You got it going on. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. <laughs> Yo, Big, you're dead wrong. I was thinking of a uh, uh, shake ass. Watch yourself. <laughs> Show me Show what, me you're, what working you're working with. with. Show me what you're working with. I can't. All right, Quinnies, tell me what you think happened, and then I'll let you know what I think. I need, I need, I need your thoughts. Unbelievable. I just have problems. Like I don't have necessarily definitive thoughts. I just have all the problems. That yeah. I, I just have like been... so many questions. Mm-hmm. Like I just have so many questions and things I want to know and things I want to understand better. Yeah. Like that. I just can't wrap my brain around. And that is the most frustrating thing. Like in a crime like this, like. But like, what would you, if you had to pinpoint one of the theories as your most most probable what would you say if i were to take if i were to put money on what happened to Alyssa lamb i would say what bothers me about every Alyssa lamb theory is that i cannot tie what happens in the elevator to what happens in yes. the water tank like i cannot i can get a explanation for what she does in the elevator it doesn't make it doesn't lead me to the roof mm-hmm. i can get an explanation for the roof it doesn't lead me back to the elevator that is what messes me up so bad so again just like everybody else on the show we've been watching this fucking footage a hundred thousand times over the mm-hmm. last week trying to figure it out and and even I watching it, I'm like, okay, if she does have a legit mental health diagnosis, maybe yeah. I can watch the elevator video and think that I'm watching someone who is having a legit episode. episode. Yes. I can understand that. But then I was like, Jocelyn, so, you know, take a look in the mirror and take your own advice and take the mental health diagnosis out of it mm-hmm. and just watch it mm-hmm. and just, you know, look at the facts, right? She is being antagonizing. She is antagonizing someone. 
whether it's yes, it's like a little kid playing fucking yes. hide and seek, dude. Yes, yes. So, it's like yes. a little fucking kid she playing hide is and seek. antagonizing someone. Oh whether that God, person is so real weird. or imagined is up to is up to interpretation, really. Or a ghost. I have. I happen to think right. that they were probably real, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I do think that she is, she's playing a game in that elevator yeah. and it is with someone else, in my opinion, a person. Yeah. And I would very likely say that that is more, I would, I would say I'm 80% that that is a person who works for the Cecil hotel. Yep. And has access to the roof. And I think it's very likely that she found herself in a compromising situation uh, and and died because of it. I I really I really think that that's what's going on. I don't think there's anybody else in the elevator with her, like like they say, and they're cut Mm -hmm. out or that they've been pixelated out. But I, I I strongly believe that she is running around that hotel doing something playful with another individual and we just don't see the other individual. Absolutely. Because I don't, I just don't see how, even if you're off your meds, even if you have an episode like that in the elevator, even if all of it, the fact of getting up to that roof without tripping an alarm, getting inside the water tank, doing all of the logistics, all of these things. And who knows when the LAPD looked at that rooftop, maybe she wasn't there yet. But I just don't, I I just don't feel like there's any reason to believe that the whole entire time she was there, there's nothing that leads me there. So yeah, because there's enough time for her to still have been there and had the level of decomp and the bloating, whatever to the level that it was when she was found, but not necessarily have been there from the moment, the day that she went missing hundred percent. Yep. And that, I can't think of the name of that guy who worked, he worked for Yale. He worked in the lab and he killed a fellow researcher and he put her in the wall because they were doing construction yes. and they, he hit her. And it's just like, it just reminds me of a situation like that. She, something happened and she lost her life and she was moved. And then she was placed in that, in there. By, by someone who had access to that roof. 100%. I'm with you on the murder. She, I, I believe she was 100%. murdered. I really do. Yeah, I think it's probably the close, the theory that I feel like I could securely come the closest to. Mm-hmm. However, however, mm-hmm. I have to say, I also agree with everything we've said the entire episode that like the fact that everybody just blames it on the mental shit is like really annoying and frustrating. It's so frustrating, but in the same vein, in the same vein, I know that there are people that seriously fucking struggle with some shit. Yeah. And that if you are on serious medicines for extended periods or, you know, even years of your life, um, that going off of them can cause serious fucking side effects, right. really, really serious side. And effects. we do know that even to the point of hallucinating, hallucinating. Right. So I, I think, but what I lean more towards is not so much her, like we said, like being off her meds and having an episode because she, they, she still did have her meds in her. If there's any drugs involved to me, I think that she got fed something or she chose herself to take some drugs because like, honestly, Mm -hmm. it's through all of her 
um, Tumblr and all of her posting, like she wanted to experience life and travel and see the world and make friends with strangers. And oh, sure, like hopefully I don't get harassed. And cause she obviously must've had a couple run-ins like that, mm-hmm. but she was curious and she was, you know, she talked whether or not she felt it was the right thing to say. And she felt like she said awkward shit that was going to get her in trouble, you know, and things like that. Um, she still was outgoing enough that she was talking to people and having yeah. conversations with people. And so, and she was 21 fresh on her own, like her first time her wanting to experiment. Yeah. It's I, like, I honestly, totally agree, Vinny. That's a great I point. So much towards her eating some drugs mm-hmm. that she maybe ate more than she should have. I mean, like really this, I've, I've seen this. I've, I was lived my twenties and ate a lot of things. I just know that like, sometimes you could take something and it could be way, way, way too much. And the next thing you know, you like find yourself in the corner of a fucking random place and you like, don't, it's like, not that you don't even know why you're there, but you've completely have been lost for two hours in like another dimension because you're fucking on LSD. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i'm with you on that benny but i don't understand how she could get up to that roof without tripping the alarm that's the again like if she's on drugs i totally understand that and that explains her behavior in the elevator that's what i think what if she saw something and it led her there somehow like oh like she went behind somebody or something right or like if she was seeing something like if she was hallucinating either because of the meds or because of the drugs or whatever, what if whatever she saw, even if it was a person shit (sighs) or it was a spirit, who knows? I don't know. Because also that's my other thing. Like I also truly believe that people can be fucking possessed by fucking spirits. I believe that shit. I believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. I believe that people can be fucking taken over by a powerful being. Do I think that it's r- fucking rare? Yes. Do I think that it's strange and I almost can't even fully accept it. And there's a part of me that like, doesn't want to believe it. I Mm -hmm. do. I think that it's real. And I think there's unexplained things that happen to people sometimes cough, cough, aliens that we like, (laughs) just can't explain really. And I do, I just do. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I do. I do. Uh, Like I said, like, I believe in ghosts. Like I, I truly believe like, there's no way there's so many crazy stories and unexplained things that there's no way that there isn't something like that. Not, not necessarily in this case, but like in the general broad way, like for sure, there's gotta be something I lean towards in this case, a mixture of straight up murder cover up and maybe just a little bit of the misuse of substances mixed in. Okay. Yeah. Some cover up. Like, sure. Some cover up is so apparent. It's I, probably one of the most yes. prominent parts of the of the case. I think that she probably could have been like on ecstasy or whatever, undertaking her meds. Obviously, like the, her mental state was not one hundred percent sober at the time, right? I would I would assume. 
But like we said, it's such an easy, an easy thing to point to, an easy thing for them to blame that they took it and they ran with it. Ran with it. They, you're telling me that they have this freaking surveillance tape from the elevator, her last moments, but there is no other Nothing camera else? that yeah. caught her any bullshit where else you're telling me that they don't have a camera at the alarm it's door bullshit. going to the roof you're telling me they don't have a camera on the roof they don't have a camera in the hallway by the elevator where she was like not another single no ounce none. of footage how Even does if it we explain don't, anything we don't have to see it they didn't have to share the damn elevator tape with us to begin with we don't need to see it but no one has even mentioned the fact that she was seen on any other tape so yeah. that right there leads me to believe the hotel, the police, they know more. Covering shit up. Saying, and if they can tell us and show us the tape that they did, there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to tell us about that either, unless they're hiding something to save their own asses. Mm-hmm. The coroner report, suspicious. Yeah, tape, I get the vibes suspicious. more though that it's the hotel covering shit up though, because- Well, I think that's where it stems from. But there, yeah. you would think then if the police weren't trying to cover it up at all, that they'd be able to find out. Like you're telling me the hotel at the Cecil Hotel is that good at hiding the shit that the, the police hasn't been able to find out a single thing. You know what no, I mean? No, because like, they have they were diverting resources, actively yeah. diverting resources from this yeah. to mm-hmm. go towards Christopher Dorner. And yeah. they did not want to portray yeah. that that's what they were doing. That's true. And yes. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Christopher Dorner is a bigger public health risk right. than Alyssa Lamb's disappearance. But they 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 took this at, at face value. Oh, she has a mental illness. And mm-hmm. so that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that the hotel, it's the whole thing is bad because you're telling me like after all the history of the deaths and the suicides and the numbers, like, yes, are they going to be able to prevent every single one of those things from happening? Probably not. But they should have had way better protocol in place for this to have never have happened, regardless mm-hmm. of the reason it happened or why it happened or whatever. It should never have happened, whether it's a murder or an accident or whatever. But you just can't tell me she got up there by herself, got into the tank by herself and just drowned alone and nobody knew anything. You cannot tell me that. Exactly. Yeah, also, I, I that's really struggle with that. I really How struggle she with her solo able being able to lid. do that. Exactly. She wouldn't be able to close the lid on back on top of herself. Well, like apparently that's... they say later that the lid was open when Mr. Lopez went to look at right. the Right. But they but then how did they not notice that the first fucking time? Exactly. That's, so either it was it doesn't open or make closed. any sense. And either way, it doesn't make sense. So and they constantly way, contradict themselves throughout that whole Netflix special. Mm-hmm. And I watched a little bit of the investigation discovery shit too. And same thing. It's like they try, there's these, just these little pieces that are just completely left out. Like, okay. Also like where, if they're going to release the video, exactly. Like, why don't they release other things? Where's the evidence photos? Where are the pictures yep. of like certain things? And exactly, why are they still getting these he say, she say, hearsay things from people? It's just like the so... men with the box. Like, what even was that? 
Yeah, just the, the autopsy the is fucking infuriating. Autopsy, I can't. It's like, okay, now we have this document that literally says nothing, provides mm-hmm. zero insight whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. great. Thank you. Except that she has bipolar disorder. Yeah, like it just gets gives me like that whole, the whole child like innocence of it mm-hmm. is she real, that- really haunts me about it. Agreed. And I just can't stop like playing that over in my head over and over again. Like, why was that the particular thing? And do you know what it also makes me think of too? It makes me think of um, not so much bipolar as like more like schizophrenia. schizophrenia. But you know, that says, it's just like Dawson says, you can explain the elevator that way, but how do you explain, but it, how do you explain it? Right. It's always one or the right. other. And it's fucking bullshit that we don't have anything about her in between those two places at all. Exactly. Also the extended two minutes of the video without her there and no movement or anything Why would they release those two minutes? Why would we need to see those extra two minutes? It's like they're trying to distract us from something else. They're trying to hide something else. Exactly. Okay, this is the other thing. Oh my God, there's so many things. This is the other thing. It also just further makes me believe like how there really are things that the government does and they fucking hide it from us and they cover the shit up and they just do it. And who knows how much they played the fucking Cecil Hotel in order to make that fucking happen. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Carly, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, what have we freaking learned? Oh my God. What have we learned? I guess what we've learned is <laughs> mental health is a real issue. Yes, you for sure. Need to not be, they're essentially blaming her for this whole thing when it yeah. well not been her at all. Right. Yeah. Because what when, the fuck? I, I, I don't understand how the, how the, the, how she gets booted from that room. That part really bothers me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I know yeah. that it's got to be weird for somebody to say, no, you need to give me a password and whatever. But like, she's 21 years old in another country, doesn't know who the fuck you are. Socially who knows what time you rolled bit. up? Who yeah. knows how, who knows what your demeanor was if you were mm-hmm. acted aggressive with her or she perceived it that way, whatever it is. Like, the fact that they that they booted her out of that room and took that complaint the way that they did, I just feel like she was on their radar from that point on. And hotel staff were told to mm-hmm. keep a lookout for this crazy girl who was around. Also, think about how childlike she acted in the elevator. Maybe it was just her childishness, like innocence, being like, "What's the password?" Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Truly, and like just acting odd right but like not in like a creepy weird way but just in a childish way and they were annoyed you know exactly and there were also there was also weird motherfucking shit going on at that hotel all the time too let's not sketch ass shit you're telling me apparently girls girls were getting like peeped on and shit there were peeping toms like people didn't feel comfortable or clean in the bathrooms there were like mad mad issues like internally like that she needs to be moved out of the room like no uh, there's no other bigger issue in that 600 room hotel that they needed to like maybe and that's what makes me so that's what makes me so iffy about that gm that was there for that 10 Mm -hmm. years and the time that it happened is it's like 
she's like, oh yeah. And then we try to turn it into the main street hotel and, and separate it and divide it into all these different, right? So it was like, these two floors are this, and then these yeah. three floors are this and blah, blah, no. blah. But people could aimlessly wander because of the random hotels, okay? Or elevators, yeah. right? So she's saying all this shit to me. And meanwhile, I'm thinking in my head, you're just deflecting, bitch, off of everything that could have been crazy going on in that hotel. Meanwhile, people are like dying everywhere around you, dropping dead like flies. And this bitch is like, we're running a great business here. It's really a great establishment. And, and, okay, she has the audacity to say when they find Alyssa's body, what does she do? She doesn't call 911 first. She calls her mom and then she calls 911. So like normally what we say about this is that the family people, the family members are the ones that aren't calling when they should be. So like, yes, like that doesn't pertain here, but she called the manager of this hotel, a grown woman called her mother before calling 911 about this horrible, horrible, tragic event that happened at the hotel where she, where she was in charge. Yeah. Something ain't clean what? with her. That's what I'm saying. I think that there's some cover up going on there too. I think that there were some, there's some shit that went down in that place Hell during yeah. that time that she has covered up and hidden. I guess, I guess what we've learned is, you know, just, just buddy system, buddy system, take a buddy with you. If you can, if you can, you know, we're not tra- victim blaming good for, nope. you for traveling on your own. I could never do it. Just my anxiety would never let me, but just Str- strength in numbers. Not after right? all the crime we cover. I'm not going by myself. No, no. hell no, hell absolutely no. not. I was no. mid shower last night. My dogs barked. I walked right out with soap all over me going, where is the motherfucker? <laughs> where is he? Oh, I will fucking take you down. Yes. Well, we right, got Quince. another, we got another, uh, head scratcher next week. Okay, Quinnies. All right. Love you. Love Love you, Quinnies. Bye. Bye.